record yet. What? Okay. Now, now I'm recording from the top, you had, sir. You had one job. And I, you know, I don't do it well. So, <laughs> you, if you're surprised, once again, that's on you. <laughs> Biggest disappointment. <laughs> 2023 was my recording skills in 2024. All right, I'm gonna start. This is all staying stuff. in, by the way. Oh, uh, I was absolutely sure of that as soon as it happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll start recording on my end in a second. Welcome back, everyone, once again, for real this time, hopefully, to a new installment of Script. Hang Everyone's on, hang podcast. on, hang on. I'm, I'm kidding. See, I was going to let you have it, you know, because I know you'd put that fucked up opening in as well as the original first fucked up opening. So, you know, we can just do all these false starts you want. I know the show's eventually going to get started, uh, much, to the, much to the chagrin of, um, like, America. I still think if we ever do another podcast, it should just be called False Start. I'll start. Uh, I thought we had uh, IRL grievances, though. That was kind of our little chestnut. Yeah. That would probably be pretty therapeutic. Yeah. Man. So you got your uh, your apple ice cream ready? Talk about some evil <laughs> <laughs> works. <laughs> dude. Oh, man. Oh, dude. I don't even know where to begin. But uh, yeah, so I think we got a couple questions first before we get to the... I, I I don't even know where the fuck we're gonna begin when we talk about this movie, dude. <laughs> holy, holy the fuck! That is, if, if someone was like hiring me to like, we need your your blurb for the poster for that movie. Holy dot the dot fuck dot. That'd be <laughs> just the quote on the poster. So, uh, I have a quick question for us from Aurora and Ron. Aurora would like to answers know. no. Okay, moving on. Next question. Go ahead. <laughs> uh. What is your favorite French fry? Favorite French fry, like yeah. from where? Like where I would yeah, get? like like a specific restaurant or just a specific man? Uh, yeah, like one that you'd like. I I know it's it's like saying Wolverine's my favorite X Man, but McDonald's fries are pretty fucking good. Yeah, yeah, you can't go, especially if you get them like super fresh. They're super they're fresh. Pr- they're basically yeah. just a hundred percent pure salt, but they've got that <laughs> that crispy outside, and then they're that soft potatoey texture on the inside. And if you grab like three or four of them at once, and maybe dip in some ketchup, you just get yeah. that crunch throughout because of the way you're holding them. So Hell yeah, good. Dude. Yeah. Uh, also, I feel I feel like the thing with like McDonald's is when they're fresh, they're really fucking good. But I feel like McDonald's French fries have like the shortest half life of no. all of the French fries because like they're, they I feel like they become uh, colder quicker than. Have other you ever fries. had leftover Five Guys fries? I have not. Yeah, once those uh, are pretty rough. Those are pretty rough. Uh, I don't know. Five Guys fries might be my favorite over McDonald's though. Now that I'm thinking about it, but. My understanding is an air fryer does wonders for leftover Five Guys fries. Okay. I've okay. never reheated them in a in an air fryer before. I feel like that's too much like work for leftover French fries because if I I'm agree. if I'm taking the time to eat leftover French fries, I'm in a pretty sad state of mind. You know, I'm not exactly like up for all of that effort. I kind of just want my super shitty leftover French fries. Can, can I tell uh, just you to eat away uh, my sorrows? Can I tell you a little anecdote that only Bobby's going to fully appreciate because he knows everybody involved? Uh, go ahead. 
Uh, there was one time me and my buddy Steve ended up going back to his house. We would every once in a while stay over at either his dad's house or his mom's house, wherever he was, and just stay up way too late eating way too much junk food and sugar and Dr. Pepper and just watching movies on loop. Uh, just one movie after another. And there was one time uh, we had been to Cheddar's, I want to say, and had a, plate, a big old plate of cheese fries that we brought home. Mm-hmm. And he was in the middle of putting them on a plate and getting ready to stick them in the microwave when his dad walked by. And he's just like, what the hell are you doing? That's not, <laughs> that's not how you reheat cheese fries. What the hell's wrong with you? And he preheated the <laughs> oven. And he's like, go sit your ass down. I'll bring them to you. And like... <laughs> <laughs> I like how he was he was he was personally insulted by the travesty that was about to, to it, overcome here's those the thing. Four fries. You would be on the floor if you knew the man. Right? Like Bobby really? Bobby is rolling right now listening to this, I guarantee <laughs> you. Because Big D is a hilarious man, but the fact that he was so angry with Steve over the way he was about to reheat cheese fries. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, it it was <laughs> like an insult <laughs> against God. Himself. What the hell is wrong with you? you what the hell is get, get out. Who let you back get in the, the house? Get the hell out of my house. <laughs> like, um, it was so good. That's pretty funny. Uh, I, I think my favorite one now might be, uh, I really like the new Wendy's revamp of fries. I haven't eaten Wendy's since they decided their burgers are worth 20 bucks or whatever. Yeah, that is a very sad state of like mankind where you go to get fast food and it is like a dollar cheaper than if you had just gone to a fucking sit down restaurant and you wonder like why. So Chris and I were talking about how if we're going to eat out and the debate is like fast food or sit down restaurant now, like Tokyo Garden is cheaper than going to Los Cabos or going to Taco Bueno. It's crazy. Like it's insane. Even getting McDonald's. Yeah, the, uh, even if you get McDonald's, it's you're like paying twenty five like, bucks for like like three people, basically. Yeah, I used to be able to get like a couple of cheeseburgers and like a thing of fries for you know like five bucks. That yeah, five thing is dub- is double that now. Yeah, and that's uh, what the, the I, that's only... what I get, and that's just me by myself. And I got two Happy Meals and whatever Chris gets. The only one of the like prototypical cheap fast food places you can still get cheap food at. And you have to do like the mobile app hack for it is Taco Bell. Uh, Taco Bell has this combo online exclusive thing where if you get no, no, I'm not saying Taco Bell is great. Taco Bell is Taco Bell. You know, everyone knows what fucking Taco Bell is. People don't uh, eat there because it's good. They eat there because yeah, it's cheap. Yeah, you don't cheap. either because it's convenient and it can be cheap. So there's like a couple of combos on the mobile app where you can get like pre-COVID inflation fast food prices you can get like a shit ton of taco bell for like five bucks and it's like a whole box full of it there's a certain podcaster you and i listen to that's a fan of taco bell that talks about regretting knowing that a lot (laughs) um because he eats a lot of taco bell and then he hates himself for it uh it to me taco bell is the people that eat taco bell like religiously it's a lot like that episode of south park and they like he's bleeding out of his ass. And he's like, why the why do you eat it? <laughs> and he's like, because it's good. And he's like, well, look what it does to you. And he's like, yeah, yeah. but it's good. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Dark Horse Solid Fry. 
Uh, not exactly a fry, but you know, same fucking ballpark. Uh, I like potato wedges a lot. Potato wedges are fucking awesome. And if I get the option, like I'll fucking take potato wedges from pretty much anywhere. I feel like it's hard to fuck up a potato wedge, uh, because I I feel like I've never been disappointed by a potato wedge. I uh, Buffalo Wild Wings has great potato wedges. Those the uh, those little ones that come in the basket. Yeah, you ever get them covered with their queso? Oh the my queso god. option is real good. I could almost make like a whole meal out of just the little queso uh, potato wedges. I wish I knew which recipe, but I made potato wedges once. And mm-hmm. like they were supposed to be for dinner and they never made it to dinner. Like me and my wife just ate them. Uh they were gotcha. so good. Yeah, I don't uh, blame you. But yeah, it um uh, I don't know, five guys when they're fresh is pretty good. McDonald's, so my answer is 1A and 1B. So fresh five guys is incredible fries. McDonald's, when they're fresh, is really, really good. And McDonald's, when they're not fresh, is really, really good. Yeah. So, you know, but I really like five guys burgers. And it used to be that was a treat. But I feel like their prices haven't moved, and McDonald's is like the same price. And it's like, if I'm going to pay that much for a burger, enjoy it. I'm just going to go to Five Guys and load up on all the jalapenos and all the shit that I want and get this juicy ass, perfectly cooked burger and these bomb ass fries that they give me way too many of. Then I'm going to eat them. I'm fucking Jeff. I'm going to eat them. Yeah. It's uh, with with Mexican food too. uh, What you pay for like a quesadilla and a taco at Taco Bueno is now like 11 fucking dollars. Like I'm just going to go to Los Cabos. I can, I can like eat that. at Los Cabos for that same price. Yeah. Like we, we eat uh, El Chico sometimes and it, it's the same price as Taco Bueno. And I'm just like, what the, the fuck are y'all doing? The four of us eat for like 60 bucks at Tokyo garden. It's a, uh, it's a uh, hibachi for people that don't know. And it's, so fucking good or i can just go get chinese like takeout for the same price and it's like this is good because it's garbage not because it's good you know what i mean yeah um yeah it's it's ridiculous right now it seems to me like sit down restaurants haven't changed much but the fast food places have gone insane they're they're brutal they're it's almost kind of like a blessing because i'm less likely to eat it when it is that expensive yeah. yeah, so I I won't break down and be like, well, you know what? I'll uh I'll just pay five bucks and get this giant ass meal of shit I don't need from uh, McDonald's or some shit like it, that. It's so. a lot easier to keep that New Year's res- that New Year's resolution if you had to do the math. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. I've... I think we had an additional question from Bobby, right? Yes. Bobby's question was, "What was your most disappointing movie of 2023?" And I feel like I should start off by saying I went through the list of movies that came out in 2023 and I saw five. So, well, six. Last year, six. I saw Paw Patrol, six. Last year, I also only saw a handful of, you know, new movies that came out throughout the year. And uh, it's probably the least amount of new movies I've probably ever seen in a given year, uh, yeah. just because there wasn't a lot throughout the year. We, we, we went back and looked through the list before we started recording, and it was kind of a dour year for movies. A little uh, bit. If you, if you go back and scroll through just like the top of the bottom list, like there's obviously some good stuff in there because there's there's always going to be good movies throughout the year. There just wasn't a whole lot of stuff coming out where I was like, I have to go see that in the movie theater right now. Um. 
And the question was biggest disappointment. I think biggest disappointment was in myself because I just didn't see any <laughs> movies. Uh, so, did, so did you have a uh, disappointment out of your list? Yes. Um, so not talking worse, talking most disappointed movie that I saw, I think is Guardians 3. Okay. Yeah, I just was... Uh, sorry, I stopped to take a drink because I thought you'd have something to say. Oh, I, I, yeah, I was waiting for you to elaborate on your thought. I was just like, yeah, he's just like, Guardians 3. I figured, I figured you would jump in after I said that and I went to take a drink and it was just dead air. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is kind of perfect, by the way. If we did like yeah. YouTube shorts for advertisement, I would cut it there. Just dead air after Guardians 3. And, uh, and because, because Rod and I have always had like oddball like standing points as far as like where we view the guardians movies ironically guardians 3 is probably my favorite of the guardians is movies. it really you're not yeah, alone I, i'm the I liked it. i liked it a lot but that was also partially just because i found the first two overrated when i originally saw them really yeah i grew to like them more over time the hyper so my the probably the biggest thing that hurt the first guardians movie for me initially now like i like i said i like it now i like it a lot now i just had to watch it multiple times to see what they were going for but the biggest damning thing about that movie for me was I watched it like two or three weeks after it came out and people would not shut the fuck up about that movie. It's so good. I was going it's into so it. Good. I was I was going into it expecting it to just like absolutely blow my mind. And, and it while did. it is while it is very good, I was initially disappointed in it because I was just like, Yeah, this is really funny and it's good, but it's like this is what like people had like an in-game reaction to it, and I don't see that level of hype around it even to this day as, as much as i like it now i don't see that level of hype around so it. i had never heard of guardians of the galaxy i'd never really seen a trailer for guardians of the galaxy i didn't know anything about it outside there's a talking raccoon and i had didn't know anyone who had seen it or had heard of what it was except for you and i don't I don't talk to people. Hi hype never finds me. I didn't know there was hype around the movie. Oh my god, it so was everywhere. It was that first awful. Guardians movie blew me out of the fucking water. I love that first movie so much. The second one's okay. It's, it's yeah, really the good. Second one, the se the second one also uh became a lot better to me upon rewatch. The, yeah, I had the, to watch it again. The first time I watched it, it was just eh, it's fine, but I liked it better the second time as well. Yeah, I uh I was never disappointed in it. It was just my review of Guardians 2 is Guardians 2, more Guardians, which I'm down with. Yeah. Uh, Guardians 3, it's just unwatchable. Unwatchable? That, see, that that's crazy to me. It I, is I think, absolutely unwatchable. I think, it's, I think it's really good. Yeah, I can't stand what, what, it. What is unwatchable about it to you? Because uh, you, you, are, you are like, you are alone on the hill with that. Oh, everyone, I know. Everyone really likes that movie at the very least. Yeah, everybody loves that movie, and it's like it's apparently it's the best movie that Marvel has put out. And that that see now I, I don't go that far. Like the talk of it being like top five Marvel is crazy to me, but I think it's very good. Oh, there's people uh, out so, there that it's their favorite. Of I feel like the there's Marvel always movies. people that like the the kind of random one is going to be like Black Panther is like my favorite, or there, there's there's always like the the oddballs where they just kind of like. Thor Ragnarok is my favorite. Aquafina you know, was my favorite character. <laughs> no, 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 no one said Shang-Chi was their favorite <laughs> Marvel movie or the Eternals. It might Once have they hit been. that phase. Once they hit that phase, like with the Shang-Chi and the Eternals, that was when like the offshoot ones 
nobody's fucking favorite Marvel movie. But like, what what about the third Guardians did you, did you not like? Because to me, it is more Guardians. It's way too long. And I feel like just nothing happens. I just feel like it's the most boring of all the Guardians movies. Um, the jokes don't land. I just feel like they're poorly written and not funny. Um, the story stuff with trying to save Rocket is fine. I don't need Baby Rocket and Baby Murder. And I don't need fucking, um, what's his name? Star-Lord. Just being drunk and mopey the whole time. Like, I don't yeah, know. It the, was... the, the stuff with Quill isn't as good. I, I actually like the backstory with Rocket and stuff. I thought it was cool. Because, because I, it just was unnecessary. It, it, uh, I, I think it is kind of necessary for that movie just because, like, the whole point in that and movie the is... The villain, is... the high evolutionary, it was so disappointing because... Uh, have you ever seen Spider-Man Unlimited? I think I saw like, bits and pieces of it. I don't think I watched it consistently. So though. it only ran one season. It followed these what people now call Spider-Man the Animated Series, the one that was on Fox with the 3D opening. And it's not a sequel or anything, but that's what came after that one ended. And it was their answer to Batman Beyond, basically. And that it only ran one season and ends on a cliffhanger, which pisses me off. But That always sucks. He goes to Earth 2 chasing venom and carnage she chases them all the way to earth too and the high evolutionary is the main villain of the show and all of his creations rule earth too and humans are like the lesser creatures that live in the slums and it's him battling the high evolutionary because the high evolutionary due to peter parker crash landing in a space shuttle knows that earth one exists and he has peter parker's space shuttle Peter Parker has no way home till he beats the High Evolutionary. And he, he wants to come to Earth. So he has to try to stop that while battling Venom and Carnage along the way. Because Venom and Carnage have decided, well, here's another planet to conquer that doesn't have a Spider-Man. And he followed them there. So it was really good. And the High Evolutionary is a really good villain in that show. And everything that they do with him. And then seeing what Marvel, like the MCU did with him. And just, okay. He's angry and screams a lot, and he gets his face clawed off. Cool. I, I probably liked it uh, better than the second one. Uh, I, Ooh, do not, boy, I do no. not like it. I do not like it. It's close with the first one for me. I like aspects of the third one better than the first one and some aspects of the first one. My, my biggest issue with the first one is the villain of the first Guardians movie is bad, even by their own shitty villain standards. So good. Because the, 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 the villain of the first one is just fucking pointless he's just like he has no motivations and he's on screen for all of like five minutes which upon rewatch i realize doesn't really matter because it's not the point of the movie it's just about the protagonist kind of getting together and establishing them because they need to establish now, them because they're going to be so important in the long run for you know that that term of marvel does but, that five minutes include the time he shows up in captain marvel uh, I honestly <laughs> forgot he was even in Captain Marvel. Oh, he came to Earth. I just couldn't give less of a shit about that character. He's such a bad character. <laughs> I love him. Really? He's so over the top. He reminds me of Lord Zed, and I love him. It, it he he has no. He's character. just so angry and pointless, and I love him. And he throws such tantrums. But like the the fucking villain, the third one does the same thing, and you like can't stand that one. No, it's the same shit. He. He's screamy angry, not over-the-top angry. He's just a baby. 
the whole time. He's just an angry toddler tantrum beginning to end. And I feel like it's supposed to be humorous in places because he's like so angry and screaming when no one would scream at that. And this right, he's angry and upset at everything he does because a baby raccoon figured out something he couldn't, but he hates the way the raccoon talks. And oh, yeah, such, I don't know, he's so good. Yeah, pe- people that are saying like he's like great is is crazy, but I uh, just I, I feel like the only I feel like the only care. time I feel like the only time they ever properly laid out a villain in that whole series was uh, with the second movie. I think it, that is the only movie in the MCU that I was sitting in the theater just like, oh my god, can we get on with it, please? The, the second one, or the third movie? one, the third one, the third one. Okay. Uh yeah, it, it's just so weird because I I liked it a lot. Uh, it was it was honestly the I, first one of those I watched and liked on the initial viewing to if, that extent if they had cut like 45 minutes out of that movie let me see how long how long did it end up being is it was forever long it's I, two I, and a half hours they need to cut like 45 minutes i also feel like the fatigue of watching all of their movies in total catches up with you specifically because like you you are by that point l- you're not able to be as excited about it because of you know when you watch the first guardians shit you'd only watch like what like yeah not like you'd watch like nine marvel movies versus having watched 29 the mcu is now call of duty yeah it's they're it's unfortunate but or assassin's uh, creed if you like yeah and with and with like what they're gonna do with kang being up in the air now, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I like the ideas that the fans have thrown around on what to do with Kang, but we haven't heard anything yet from Marvel or Disney themselves. Yeah. We'll Except see. that Kang's out, which is a problem <laughs> when all of your movies are interconnected and one of them ends with like a thousand Kangs in a stadium. But, yeah, it's going to be kind of awkward when we have to kind of figure that whole thing out. You know, as someone said about Spider Man 2, uh, it's comic books and they can figure it out and they can do whatever they want because it's comic books and it'll work. So. They can. The problem is I, I feel like so many people are mentally checked out of those movies because they've just been kind of sputtering along. It's like the, the, the next Captain Marvel movie came out and like it's like, I don't know, like I'll watch it eventually on Disney Plus, but I am not going out of my way to watch it at all. And that's, well, that's, that's, that's just me, I, period. I used to be excited even about the random offshoot movies uh just because it was an mcu movie and now it's no longer the case yeah i learned my they, lesson they burned a lot of bridges for me with the eternals i bitch about the movie all the time the eternals is like five hours long and nothing <laughs> fucking happens in that movie and then when something does happen the giant fucking uh st- statue dudes that's sticking out of the earth they just don't talk about it for like eight movies. It's like, oh, okay. I, again, I know why something about happen? that. Why, why did this movie happen? Like, why, why did we care? I, I know oh, you no, probably... oh, no, no, it does. Okay. <laughs> I know you probably don't want to hear it, but I know something about that. Oh, you, you can tell me. I don't fucking care. What, what, what yeah, is about it? Supposedly, that's the, uh, the plot about the next Captain America movie. Is the giant fucking what? head sticking out of the earth? What the fuck does that have to do with Captain America? I, 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 I don't even fucking care. I I'll don't just watch know. The movie. <laughs> I will watch the next Captain America movie because I am invested in Captain America just because I I like that series of movies. But yeah, I I don't I know. After the series, I'm not that invested in Captain America anymore. That series was bad. Yeah, it was very 
that that should have been like three episodes instead of seven. It would have done it a lot of favors. They, I, they stretched that shit real thin. Kishore Hari on the Tested podcast, which is now gone, um, said that his theory is that they had to shift gears in the middle of it, and that's why it was bad. Because they were clearly setting up like a plague or like a pandemic to be unleashed. Yeah. And it, it released in the middle of an actual pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, oh shit, pivot, pivot. Pivot. <laughs> <laughs> like just tire screeching dot wave plays. <laughs> like, yeah. What's your answer? We've been talking about mind flight 20 minutes. I, I, what was the question? I, I'm honestly. <laughs> Oh yeah, you were most disappointed in yourself in 2023. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. So I will kind of like uh, I will spin it a little bit into since I didn't watch anything, I was like super disappointed in. Uh, I'll say like something that happened in 2023 as far as the movies that were released that surprised me. Uh, the D and D movie was actually really funny. That's what I hear. Uh, the D and D movie is actually really fucking good, and I was surprised at just how much I liked it because it, you know it had it had it had good hype around it. It has good writers behind it. It is a couple of the writers uh, from Spider-Man: Homecoming uh, who wrote it. Can I can uh, I tell you why really I good. haven't watched it yet? Why is that? Because everyone I listen to on podcasts says that it completely erases the Jeremy Irons one, and they can finally pretend that didn't happen. And I love that movie. Oh well, you are the one. Uh, I've never <laughs> seen it, but everyone fucking hates it. It's that movie. so good. It's so good in all the worst ways. I love it so much. Dude, no, if, but it just, if just you want to see Jeremy Irons just chewing the fucking scenery in a room you know, by himself, you know, the whole movie, Irons. he's in a room by himself, the whole movie. No, but the the the, the cast of the new one is, is really good, too. Yeah, uh, I know Chris Pine's in it. Yeah. But uh, I, I, here's, some, here's some praise that'll sway you towards watching it. I like Michelle Rodriguez in that movie. Wow. Uh, that is how highly I think of that movie. Uh, I won't be able to good. fucking stand her then because I love her and you don't. And everything else. <laughs> yeah. No, she's she's good. She's funny. Everyone is written so well. And like you can watch that without knowing a damn thing about D&D. And it's just like a solid movie. That was going to be I my question. Because if it's, if it's all in jokes and bullshit, then... It's not. It's not. It, it, it It's really clever in the way that... Because I know a little bit about D&D, but I am by no means an expert. I just have a few friends that are like hardcore into it so through osmosis i know a little bit about DD. it's like onward you know how like onward has like okay a very solid movie with just like tidbits of the like more specific fandoms that it's centered around like with DD and stuff it's sprinkled throughout. Cube. exactly it's like that it's like it, the the specific aspects of the fandom are kind of like just very very lightly spread throughout and it's not a distraction and you don't need to know jack shit it's just like it just works as a movie and it's just well written so i that was my biggest surprise i really fucking like the D movie it's one of my <laughs> it was one of my big like surprises of the year granted, granted i watched like ron like seven fucking movies the whole year because it was the slow year uh, um so i didn't know uh how far you wanted to to take this I have a movie, if you wanted to pivot on the question, that most surprised me. Yeah, we're talking about, uh, let's, uh, we're, we're going up to 30 minutes, so let's run through it pretty quickly, but yeah, we can talk about it. Um, I shockingly, I love the Little Mermaid movie a shocking amount. Uh, it was good. It was I, good. I, yeah. could not care less about the animated little mermaid it's not 
bad. I mean, the songs are okay. The animation's good, whatever. I just don't care. Like, it's just not aimed at me, and I just, I don't, I don't care. Um, can I tell you a large portion of why I like that movie? Because not only are the performances good and the movie's good, and they, they uh, did a lot of work in tying Eric back into it, because poor Eric is just a dumb shit in the original <laughs> Disney movie. Isn't that always the case, though? Like, the, he the, has... The dude... The dude that's supposed to be the love interest in almost all of those movies. Look up any picture of Eric from the original animated movie and tell me he knows what's happening in that scene. Like, <laughs> just any, the way they animate him, he just looks dumb and pretty, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, Eric was really cool. Um, like, they did everything. But the thing that shocked me the most about that movie. I had no idea how they were going to pull off Ursula in that movie. And they and she's great. Oh my god, she's the best part of the movie. Yeah, she's really good. And while, she, she has that voice down perfectly. Oh my god. I can't I'm blanking on her name right now. Melissa McCarthy. Yes. Yeah. So, we've talked before about how I've got nothing personal against Melissa McCarthy. I'm sure she's a fine human being, but she always kind of represented to me her movies anyway, or her characters in movies, kind of everything that's wrong with comedy right now. Uh, it like defined the whole era of comedy for oh like 15 my years. It's really unfortunate. I just cannot stand to look at her or hear her. And I mean, she's appeared on other TV shows. I've seen her in interviews. She seems fine in real life. I don't know her political or religious views or anything, but I've never heard anything bad about her. I've never heard anything good. I've never heard anything bad. So just whatever with the, the person but her on screen i can't stand and in the little mermaid where the fuck has she been this whole time if she can give a performance like that well that's the thing though is so what made her annoying to some people is that is she kind of <laughs> is what sold her because she kind of pulled like a rock for a long time where <laughs> Here we go. people people don't want you to act specifically people want you so she was like she, what people she want was, is the tooth fairy is what you're saying no like what i'm saying is like <laughs> people people weren't wanting the rock for a period of like 10 years to play anyone else but himself because he, everyone just wanted to see the rock everyone wanted to see melissa mccarthy and like i can't really like argue with her she was getting work like constantly and just raking in the money yeah you can't blame her yeah you can't you can't blame her for saying yes to all of these roles that were making her fucking rich and it's like it was yes it was always the same movie but that's what they were hiring her for it was she wasn't you know striking out to, she, she was like like the like the equivalent of like what will ferrell did for like 10 years oh, where will ferrell was always the same character because people wanted to see it and they were the studios were like bending over backwards just like no just just be you and do the same shit for 10 years and then eventually you know it, it it dies down and you have to kind of branch out and she did this and, and he like showed her range and it's like yeah it was always there it's just she was getting paid to do the same old shit because that's what that's a, like what studios and, and what like summer audiences wanted so it's not really her fault but not only that like Ursula is a legendary performance, not just a legendary Disney character, but that particular performance and that song is up there in the top five or maybe even top three of just most legendary Disney moments in a movie. Mm -hmm. I, Whenever I hear they're remaking something that has that, 
something like that in it, I'm just like, well, good luck. We won't be seeing you for five years because everyone will think you're poison because you couldn't live up to a thing, right? But, I mean, I like... Uh, I like the song from the live-action remake better than the animated one. And yeah, I, it's it's crazy because like it's a very specific voice I have to pull off too. And not only that, yeah. like Disney finally took an a uh, live-action remake of an animated movie and dialed it to eleven the way you do with animation, like the most bizarre, wacky thing you've ever seen on screen with real people should have been that Aladdin movie. But they just always have to keep things toned down and in the real world for some reason. Beauty and the Beast should... It has a talking clock and a talking candelabra. It should have been even more batshit insane than it was. But they always try to keep their feet on the ground, even with the good ones. Well, they and, made them all... Like, what was funny is, like, with the Beauty and the Beast ones, like... They come across as creepy to me because they're toning it down too much. Exactly. You know, like they're, not, they're not cartoonish. They are creepy because they're they, only, they should be they should be more animated. They should be more like cartoonish. To only me. during the one song, Be Our Guest, do they do what Little Mermaid did the entire time. Mm -hmm. And that is what they should have been doing this whole time. We should have had Gus Gus and Cinderella, Jeff. <laughs> like there there should have been a Cinderella song from the mice but people are afraid and it's producers and god if Kathleen Kennedy's name ever ends up on anything um why do you have to say that now now I'm I'm oh fucking, god that woman um I gotta go puke up my fucking apple ice cream now man why are you gonna <laughs> I'm, are you that shit I'm really hoping John Favreau can rein her in on the Mandalorian and Grogu but it's anyone could uh it is how popular mando has been will make her back the like, fuck up i feel like between being the godfather of the mcu and the mandalorian that john favreau just has ultimate powers at disney um but yeah i don't know that little mermaid movie and then one of the biggest pieces of dog shit i've ever seen came out in 2023 too have you seen the flash yet i did see the flash you did yeah i did see the flash i'm sorry you have my condolences. Yeah, it's, it's it's not good. I didn't hate it quite as much as you did, but I, I I it is not. It has some of the worst CGI I have ever seen, taking into account '90s movies. Uh, I don't know how their CGI was so bad. I don't know how anyone who's ever suffered from an eating disorder can watch that movie and not be triggered. Well, well I I honestly I honestly forgot what was the eating uh, disorder. His thing? powers are powered by eating. Uh-huh. So well, that's always been a thing with the Flash though. No, no, no. That's always been a thing that he eats a lot. It's never been a thing I can't save these babies that are raining from the sky unless I zip from vending machine to vending machine cramming as much food in my mouth as possible while they're falling to their death. Like yeah. he has a meter on his wrist that tells him how many calories he has to burn. Yeah. And, and, and well, they're they're just like trying to come up with like a, a plot device to like. I think limit it's supposed to be powers. funny because he has food falling out of his mouth as he's just sitting there munching as these babies rain out of the sky, and it's like it's disgusting to even watch the way he's ramming food into his mouth. And then, to, I I understand my childhood still exists. Batman eighty nine still exists, but I just. The most milk toast way to fold in 
any character from any franchise into something and just have him repeat lines that we've heard him say again and again and do nothing else. Yeah, uh, it's pretty it's pretty lame, uh, it, unfortunately. Uh, he, now, Michael Keaton isn't such a badass, so I still like him in some of those scenes just because he can't help but be oh, likable no, no, no. because it's Michael he Keaton. He did great. Yeah, it was just the, the, it's just the writing. The you can tell... Problem. Even some of those lines would have some of those lines would have been even worse if it hadn't been him delivering. Oh, ab- absolutely. Now, now, granted, I really like the final scene of the movie with George Clooney. I think the George Clooney thing is actually pretty funny. Oh, I forgot about that. The George Clooney thing is actually really funny because what was going to happen? I don't know if you you probably didn't research this because you Hell hated the movie. No. Obviously, <laughs> it was supposed to be Michael Keaton because they were going to be folding Michael Keaton in full time right, to right, the right, DC right. stuff. However, I remember that. It all got shit canned once uh, James Gunn took over and was going to reboot everything. So James Gunn didn't want to have people continuously asking about Michael Keaton. So they'd made it a joke with, and, and, and you can tell it is the most James Gunn joke ever with them bringing it's Howard in Clooney. the Duck. Because it's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's a Howard the Duck thing. And I, I, I thought it was genius. Uh, no, the, well, the, George thing. the reason I found it funny is it was George Clooney. Legendarily yeah. hates Batman and Robin. Legendarily oh, yeah. it was, blames it for ruining his career. The fact that he came back to do that is pretty awesome. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> it's great. It, it, there was no way to redeem the whole movie because the whole movie is not redeemable. But it's pretty fucking great. Uh, that is proof yeah. that James Gunn can make anything happen. <laughs> the fact right. that he got George Clooney to show up for that scene, but and then. To have to deal with not one but two Ezra Millers, Ugh. yeah, it's unfortunate. And also, uh, I think one of the biggest issues we we got to get back on. I know. The, the actual, but one of the biggest issues with that movie too, you can tell like uh, the writers and the director had differences in opinion on tone because it is like a roller coaster. It is like trying too hard to be funny. It's like trying too hard to be dramatic. It's trying the comedy to be epic. is. It's trying to be epic, but when it's trying to be epic, its CGI is so bad that it takes you directly out of the movie. Uh, like the whole like it's third Warner act Brothers just... DC. If anyone has excellent CGI that lasts for 20, 30 years, it should be Warner Brothers DC. Yeah, it didn't didn't happen. Those though. CGI uh, babies raining from the sky while he's sitting on top of a so vending bad. machine eating it, it looks so bad. That's the thing, by the way, that got me watching the movie did i tell you about that i couldn't you tell you the, about it before because maybe thing you hadn't yeah. seen the movie but chris had <laughs> that's it, the opening scene that's the opening scene chris had it on in the background while we were recording a podcast <laughs> and when the podcast ended she was like ron i have to show you something <laughs> and she backed the movie up to the beginning and she's like you have to see him saving the babies raining from the sky. <laughs> and I was like, I beg your pardon? And she it's was like, so bad. she was like, I don't remember how or why, but there are babies falling out of the sky and he's eating and that's all he's doing. And I was like, what? And when she played it, it was the most absurd <laughs> thing I've ever seen. And then it was a train wreck I couldn't look away from after that. It- I w- ended up watch- sitting in the floor in my office just watching the movie. So, and it's also part of the problem with like the the total differences with like the direction and the writing to me. That scene setup is like if Mel Brooks was making a superhero parody in 1980. <laughs> that scene is not the standard level of comedy you put in your summer blockbuster flash movie. You know, you they, need, they have 
no idea what they're doing. If you don't remember, and there's a lot bigger problems with that movie than this. But the thing I cannot get out of my head is him with all manners of food stuffed in his mouth, just trying to eat it as fast as possible, like he's in an eating contest. It's worse than you remember. You need to YouTube that scene. <laughs> or do I? Do I need to add that to my like, search history? I don't know if I need to. I, I was just sitting there like, what am I watching? Because like you said, it's like something superhero movie would have done. Yeah, it's not good. I, I, I couldn't bring myself to hate it quite as much as you did just because i didn't have anything on the line with it because you know like uh the the thing that was probably most like heartbreaking for you was like that was your chance to get more michael keaton as batman and for them to just like phone it in is a big bummer you know yeah uh but that is just a bummer to me it's not a like knife to my childhood like it was for you so i totally understand why you were so like passionately and i had just rewatched batman 89 uh, just because I had been watching those trailers for the Flash so so much, <laughs> I can't say I can't say any word that starts with S after the word Flash without putting an H after it. I couldn't. <laughs> after I'd seen so many trailers for the Flash show much is what I went full Sean Connery and said um, <laughs> that I had to go back and watch Batman '89, and then that was immediately followed by the horse shit that was in the Flash, and like there was some cool moments, but. It was just an opportunity for them to bring Michael Keaton in, wear the costume again, and just repeat all the same dialogue in a different context. What was also a big bummer is the Flash. Now, grant that he doesn't have like a great rogues gallery, but he has a few villains like Mirror Master's cool. He has Mirror a Master's few, cool. He has a few villains like that that are really cool concepts that you could do really creative stuff in your fully budgeted movie. But our primary antagonist is going to be Zod again. That's so lame. Uh, yeah. Now I really, I really liked Michael Shannon uh, as that character. I, I, I like Zod as a character, but fucking be creative. Like you're already shoehorning in a version of Batman that people want to see. At least be creative with the villain in that aspect. You don't need to go back to do Zod again. The other like, thing that disappointed me was I liked the idea of bringing in Supergirl, and. Like, I like that character, and I like Power Girl, and they just did nothing with her, really. Like, she's barely yeah. in the movie, and that was one of my favorite story tidbits from um, Flashpoint Paradox, is the fucked up Superman, because he's never been exposed to sunlight, and he's never had an education or anything, or yeah. any human contact. Um, And I was okay with them, you know her still having a personality and and shit and discovering her powers. But uh, I feel like at that point, the movie is just trying to, I mean, ironically rushing to the end of the movie as fast as it could that they just put her on fast forward and left it. Like her whole storyline. Everyone's story was like that. Yeah. She flies off. She listens to some people talking, comes back. Okay. Humanity's worth saving. Like, in the fifth element, that is one of the greatest moments in the movie is when she researches war and doesn't understand why life is worth saving or preserving or what is good about it. Which is pretty valid because like, I can't argue. With the that. entire end of the movie hinges on it, right? Yeah. Like, come on. Like, that was one of the best ways to do that. And it felt like they were trying to invoke that but there's no emotion to it and nothing to be gained by it. You know, just, there was no payoff yeah. to it. 
Well, the whole movie is nothing but starts and stops. If she had, uh, she, if she had come back and snapped Zod's neck and put him back in the neck brace. <laughs> no, if Zod, had, if Zod had shown up in the neck brace, <laughs> it's the movie of the year, and we're not having this conversation because it is the greatest thing committed to film. If that plotline with Zod had been his dead body got exposed to sunlight and he just came back with a broken neck, <laughs> come on. He's got to use one of those like little like massager things to like get the crook out of his neck. You know? Oh, it's so good. Yeah. That's one of the yeah. greatest things I've ever seen on the internet. Is him at the it's bar really... with the neck brace. Is it was Loki? That how... Is that the other character? Yeah, I think so. Was it how it should have ended? Was it that? Yes. Series with like the villains. Yeah, like, it's uh, uh, the 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 bar or whatever. Yeah, Superman and Batman are in the diner, and then Loki and Zod in the neck brace. Yeah. at the bar <laughs> it's, so it's, good. So good. it's such a good joke we got we got we got to get back on topic for the movie though we've talked but we've, we've had uh, this has essentially just been an extended green room uh so you're welcome everybody welcome I guess. to the green room podcast episode one uh, we and you know what we'll just blame bobby because bobby started uh talking about 2023 movies which of course turned into a 30 minute ron rant about how much he hated the flash and how much he hated guardians 3 it turns out i just don't and, like uh, movies jeff it, tur- yeah, it turns out you just fucking hate everything yep. uh mm-hmm. yeah and now we can just end the podcast because like this i hate this fucking sucks it, it is, is a weird waste of that my time. in 2023 it turns out i was oddly more critical than i usually am <laughs> well to be fair you watched like six fucking movies so yeah so you liked little mermaid you hated the flash you hated guardians what what else did you watch that you actually like liked was it was there like a 50 50 batting average at least of stuff that you liked versus what you hated john wick 4 i loved Ant-Man. i love john wick 4 i can do an entire podcast by myself defending <laughs> ant-man 3 i thought ant-man 3 was fine i didn't love it or uh, like, I thought it was fine. People just need to shut the fuck up. People Ant-Man 3 go out of their fine. way to shit all over Ant Man, and I don't get that. I, I think don't they're perfectly. Get it. It's uh, like I, I, I don't. Admit, they're they're specifically always set up to be the kind of like comedic relief movies. We're just gonna chill for a while. We've just had Thanos turn like a thousand people into fucking dust the, out of the main character cast alone. So just chill the fuck out for a little bit and enjoy your Ant Man movie. We just want to vibe for a bit, but people just like go out of their way to hate on every Ant-Man movie. The Ant-Man the movies are where you go to decompress, right? After they bring in exactly. the Ant-Man movies after all the big Avengers movies where the universe is at stake. I just want people to fight over a lab the size of a briefcase for a while, yeah. you know? What's so, what's so ironic is like the one time the Ant-Man movie was super important setup was for Kang, which is now going to be totally <laughs> changed. So all of that setup is a effectively worthless it's so ironic but that, that that happened with the king stuff Kang was done so good in that movie yeah he's, he's good um and the best superhero movie i saw in 2023 outside of ant-man had to have been the paw patrol movie but i didn't see that <laughs> until 2024 i don't think did i see that at the end of the year or the beginning of the year I might have I mean, seen that in if December. It, if, it, if it's a 2023 new movie, I think it counts regardless of when you watch it. Because it, it, it was from basically like the last year, so it, it's fine. But yeah. I do think it's funny that you love the Paw Patrol movie and fucking hated Guardians 3 and The Flash, though. That's really funny. Yeah, the Paw Patrol movie is really good. My favorite superhero thing I saw all year, granted it's not in the same kind of tone because it's specifically setting out to be different. The fucking second season of Loki was awesome. Uh, the second season of Loki is pretty good. 
is really good. Uh, it was it, it was just they bad, set out to like the what, best what can season we, of Doctor Who I've seen in a long time. Goddamn right it is. It was like <laughs> specifically written to be Jeff Crack, and I, I love them for it. Uh, and some of the directors from Loki season two are directing episodes of Daredevil: Born Again, which I'm excited. Oh about. my god, I've seen screenshots. I'm so f- you know you know me. I fucking love my Daredevil dude, and I'm fucking frothing at the mouth fry style. See, <laughs> just to get we, more Daredevil. I can't wait. You love Daredevil. I love Ninja Turtles. They're a parody of Daredevil. We just got to do a double feature of that Turtles movie we missed, and another episode uh, right after that. Uh, talk Hell about yeah. the daredevil season we also need to cover that batman and turtles thing uh because i never got around to seeing that yeah we should probably also cover when evil lurks it's yeah, been 47 think... minutes uh, i don't think we have to I mean, we, you got anything else you want to talk about we can just not talk about the movie that's the title of the episode i guess <laughs> <laughs> when evil lurks outside the green room <laughs> that's, if we did individual episode titles that would be it that's pretty good. Like you put it in parentheses at the end of it outside the green room. Yes. Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. This is the biggest spoiler warning I have ever put down in the show. I think outside of maybe like hereditary you, if you are interested in horror, you need to watch when evil lurks because you have no idea like what you're in for, because this movie is fucking relentless. Dude, uh, this movie, that's the best way to describe this movie is relentless. This movie is brutal. Uh, you are not prepared. I was not. <laughs> yeah, you. I, I heard uh, very little about the plot. All I heard uh, was this movie is fucking insane, and you have to watch it, and it's a horror movie. So obviously I was like, yeah, I'm sold. I'll watch it eventually. And even with all of that like mental buildup of like people like really like this, and it's very highly regarded, and it has this reputation about it, I was still surprised by how insane, insanely brutal and relentless it is. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, as I said, uh, if if you are interested in horror, if you are a horror fan at all, go watch this on Shutter. You can get a free trial if you've never had it. It's like four bucks to rent. It's it's if you are a horror person, you have to watch this because. This is the most tense I've been watching a horror movie since the first time I saw Hereditary all those years ago. Uh, it, it I, I was on the fucking edge of my seat because they established so early on that the movie just couldn't give less of a fuck. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it is not going to pull any fucking punches. And it does uh, not. It does not. Uh, man. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what's your kind of, like, initial reaction that you'd like to talk about to it not for me really was it was it like too hardcore did it like dip too too far into like the brutal aspects of it i don't like it when things happen to kids i oh yeah i can't i just can't with the kids those those scenes are fucking haunting too uh yeah we'll talk we'll talk about them yeah if you have a problem with watching uh and and that's part of what leads to the kind of hereditary vibe around this uh, is that in, in it's it's more brutal with the which is crazy to say that it's more brutal about how they kill the kid than what hereditary oh did, God. but it totally does. It pulls no punches in uh, those scenes. Uh, it's hard to watch. Times. It's it's very the the one with the dog to me is the hardest. That's to watch. the one I knew That's it was coming. Yeah. You, oh, oh it, that dude. 
the way they frame the shots around the dog and the girl too you know it's coming and you can't do anything about it and it just makes it all the worse uh and you're you're just like you're already like squeamish about it and it hasn't even happened yet it's yeah. crazy um yeah uh so i i totally get that but what's what's interesting uh is like those scenes we're talking about where it is insane or what made me like it so much it was because i don't know what the fuck's gonna happen next like well i also uh, feel like there's a cultural touchstone i don't have because i also didn't really fully feel like i ever understood what was happening at the same time I, uh, see that's actually something i found interesting about it uh is the the movie has lore around it uh in like a dark souls style take a drink uh <laughs> but it, it's very dark souls in that they just establish nouns of stuff that their society knows about, like the cleaners. And it's the a very lived-in world. I, I love the fact that they don't spoon-feed you any backstory about like um, the rotten or anything until like halfway through the movie when the little kid is asking the grandma about stuff. Right. Uh, they're very, very patient about like doling out information which was me with my fly hands. You know, I love shit like that where I'm trying to kind of like, I, I, I like, so if it's definitely handled like this is, I like it when they are subtle about giving you information about, instead of just like spoon feeding shit to you, like what always happens in specifically, uh, kind of like cheesily done like american zombie movies are really bad about just like just here so the first 30 minutes we're going to establish all the bullshit about like how this like came to happen and it's you know there's no mystery around it i like how this has like a mystery element around like its backstory with the cleaners and stuff yeah so that, yeah. that part is all i got cool. a real eileen the crow vibe from the cleaner lady you know what aspect of the cleaners i also fucking love what's that by the time you finish the movie, the cleaners could be total horseshit. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah, exactly. It, like, they have these rules that are, like, sung in a song. The movie specifically keeps it very narrow focused around just this family. And people obviously don't respect the cleaners that much because guess what? It's always a problem because they're not successful. They're not efficient at what they do. At least not that we've seen. Yeah. Not that we've seen. Uh the the rotten uh like the the case at the beginning with the dude the, the effect of the rotten is also just like it, it makes your fucking ugh, ugh, it's so ugh, gross. So gross. It's real it's real hard to watch. Um but man, I let's, let's back it up a little bit. Uh I'll give like the kind of like general plot breakdown of it because this is a fairly new movie. This isn't, you know, we're not talking like the thing or alien where it's kind of like a, you know, built in part of film where everyone knows, like, even if you haven't seen alien or the thing, like, you know, their basic plot lines. So like what this is, is uh when evil lurks, it's uh directed by and written by uh, Damien, uh, Rugna, uh, just a quick yeah, uh, apology. We're going to butcher. <laughs> we're going to butcher everyone's <laughs> names because this movie is from. Uh, I think it was filmed in Argentina. Uh, so we we are gonna butcher names. I apologize. Uh, Damien uh, Rugna is a director and writer. Uh, he's written and directed some other horror films. Uh, there's there's another one he did called Terrified that is uh, supposedly kind of in the same ballpark as far as like. You're watching the movie and it is a thrill ride of what the fuck could possibly happen next is what I just watched is already like shocking. Uh-huh. 
uh, which I'm curious about. But so the, the basic plot line of this movie is uh, two brothers find, uh, after hearing gunshots in the middle of the night, they go to investigate. They find a fucking person who has been cut in half. And they are so unsurprised by what they right. find. I, I love that little detail of how this would be terrifying and horrifying and you you would go into like the fecal position and not be able to process that you just saw like the sorry, bottom did you half say of the human? fecal position or the fetal position? I'm uh, sorry, the fetal position. <laughs> sorry, I like I'm already pause the recording. I need to go get in the fecal position for a minute. I'll be right back. So, sorry, some of the shit that happens in this movie, you will be <laughs> like, dude, it's 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 terrifying. It's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> that's our new metric for horror movies dude i was in the fecal position the whole time you dude you you, you are when you watch this shit uh i'm just telling you so i love the fact that they are not bothered in the slightest literally like, well, fucking... literally they it's... walk up and he goes well shit it's it's an inconvenience yeah man. It's it's like someone knocked over like their fucking mailbox, you know. It's not like they found half of a corpse. And that that alludes to a past, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I think like the world building in this movie is really cool. Uh, I I think how they are establishing like how fucked up their society is subtly, just with their kind of nonchalant reaction to this, is like really cool. Uh, and. You're just like, oh god, if this is if this is a day that ends in Y, what the fuck else are you in for with this movie <laughs> and with their society? So they start investigating around and they end up finding what is described. It's like it's like a, a capitalized noun too. They find this person that is called the Rotten. Yes. And so Which what this sounds is, this like is like a Dark Souls or Bloodborne or Demon uh, yeah. Souls villain, right? Or there, enemy. Yeah, exactly. There, there is a lot of kind of like Bloodborne uh, to this, uh, where there is just like a like a, a capitalized word that establishes something that is like a kind of built-in part of the society that is horrifying. But but this is an interesting kind of like possession movie in the fact that uh, it's clearly uh, this was clearly written in the time of COVID. Uh, because this is a, this is a, uh, what's pretty much of like a virus. Like if you, if you kill this person who is infected, uh, the, they're going to have this like kind of birth of a, like a demon spawn thing happen, which also leads to, uh, it kind of like going like viral in the area where like animals will be infected it will start to infect children and then eventually it can infect people. Uh, and it's, it's uh, like a yeah, zombie movie without the zombies. It's like a zombie movie without the zombies that also is very, uh, kind of like exorcist driven as far as a possession. It's kind of like this like, interesting blend between like contagion, the exorcist and like Dawn of the dead, like all at the same time. Uh, yeah. and it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, in how, they're taking like established tropes from separate things. And when you kind of put it together, it kind of becomes like its own like original thing because it's not strictly speaking like original, but when you add these kind of like things and they're all like, uh, kind of mi like mashed together, it's, it makes it like an interesting setup to me. Uh, and dude, the, just the, the special effect of the fucking rotten guy. I, I, I don't think I'm gonna be able to like enjoy a meal for a while. <laughs> just thinking about that fucking dude. Yeah. It's, it's fucking haunting uh and the kind of like basic plot line of this is 
they're since it's viewed as a kind of thing that can go viral in the area what they want to do is uh they want to relocate this out of their town, uh, which also leads to more of a kind of like Walking Dead type aspect to this, where it's like humanity is so fucked. We don't care if two towns over is fucked. We care about our own little society. Like we want yeah. our own town to be fine. If everywhere else around us is fucked up, who cares? Because humanity's already kind of gotten to shit. Uh, they and like. Interesting enough, too, like, they never show you, like, a big city. It's always kind of like a small town or, like, a small, like, a very, very small, like, rural area. Where yeah. Which I think is supposed it, to lend into their belief in the superstitious nature of what's happening. Yeah. Um, it's it's a hard people in the to big, talk about. People in the big city wouldn't, wouldn't go for this, right? No one would believe what's happening. But in this, every time someone mentions that there was a rot and everyone pauses, whether they really believe it or not... They they pause for a moment when that's brought but, up, but they've also had these types of outbreaks like happen in big cities before because there are characters they talk to that have like run into it. At one point, they talk about how like there's a local town that has gone dark. Right. So they're constantly alluding to uh, how this like has affected their society and like humanity as a whole, but you never see it. It it it'd be like. If the story of John Carpenter's The Thing got out and humanity, you know, like, like, let's say, like, we take the hypothetical ending of The Thing where it kind of goes wide as far as, like, getting to other areas, but it, it never does, like, the total human takeover like it was expected, you know? Yeah. And some people are, like, calling bullshit on it. Some people, like, it's, so it's it's weird. Uh, and, and it's... It, it's kind of like subtlety and restraint around like the world building is like what I found interesting about it. And that you don't really find that much out uh, about the cleaners. I love that. I don't know if they're full of shit or not. Their, their rules are arbitrary. Uh, like when they're talking about how, you know, you can't bring anything with you. That ends up playing out, uh, so, and there's like some of the rules become like become proven, and some of the rules like don't. Like, what difference would it make, uh, with shooting the thing versus you have to kill it with this like holy relic weapon that is never explained? You know, stuff like that. Like, well, some of the cleaner rules are like explained sort of, but not really, and you don't know if all of them are legit or not. Yeah, well, they explicitly say that shooting it with a gun will splatter it, right? Yeah. Uh, but man, one of my favorite things about anything supernatural that comes from outside of the U.S. is all of the rules around it, right? Like, yeah, Japanese hauntings are very oh, yeah. famous for that same thing, having a set of rules that not only you have to go by, but the ghost has to go by also, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of my favorite parts of this movie. Actually, was the fact that there is these like seven things that you have to do. And at and the same time, and at the same time, it's like people are very strict about wanting to follow the rules. And and then there are other aspects of it to where like, uh, one of the 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 fucking most disturbing scenes of the movie is the pregnant woman killing herself with the axe. Oh my god! She believes in these rules so much, she is willing to kill herself and her unborn kid with an axe. Is that what happened after after killing her husband? 
and because she believes so much in like how much that he that he he just fucked them all over by shooting the possessed. Dude, that wasn't goat. my read on it. What was your read on the scene? Um, she said like he'll do if he does this he'll, that he'll like damn them all and and all that, and then I took it as he moved on from the goat when he shot the goat and that he the demon caused that. That the demon caused that? See, so it's kind that, of like that ambiguous. That was my take on it. Because, so like, my take on it is the wife was very, very strict about following the rules, right? She did not want the husband shooting the goat to spread it. Right. So my read on it was since the, the wife was so uh, devoted to following the rules because the husband shot the goat and spread it, the woman didn't want to potentially subject her family and her baby to what was just spread because he shot the goat. So she, in that moment, believes in the rules so much, she kills the, the dad, herself, and the baby to save them from what's about to come because of how much she believes in what's about to happen because it was just spread. That's, it, that's how I took it. There's something about her demeanor when she's doing it that it just makes me feel like um, that the demon is the one responsible for it. That it but took, again, her, that what, it what took is, her over like it did other people in the movie. But then again, what 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 does the demon have to gain by just killing them? Because the demon would want them to continue spreading it instead of just killing themselves. And like by killing each other with like if if she had gone and gotten the gun to shoot her herself and the dad to spread it more by their own rules, I would say yeah, that makes sense. But to me, the way that she kills them with the axe is like telling, and that she's kind of like. It's trying to keep not only themselves like it's it's like a like a like a like a mercy killing well, almost. I took, uh, and by killing themselves by killing themselves with the axe, she is preventing further spreading by not shooting them when they are infected. Yeah, I took it as that's what she already had in her hands because she didn't want him to shoot the goat. She wanted him to use the axe, and she was going to get the axe, and then he shot the goat when she had the axe in her hands and then she started acting kind of like, um, what's her face did later in the movie. Um, when she went to get the kid after she resurrects. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't but know. just, just, just the fact that it's not clear uh, yeah. is interesting. Uh, th cause that's a very important part of the movie. And, uh, what I was going to bring up though, is that you, you see how much the wife believes in the rules. Uh, and how she's going to get the axe, you know, because she wants if, if the husband's going to kill the goat, she doesn't want it shot because she believes in the rules. However, later on in the movie, the grandma in the main family is just talking about the rules very nonchalantly and explains how like the rules have even become like like an old wives tale. And they're part of like a like a little kid's like like sing along thing. You know, it's yeah. like a, it's an established like kids song. Like who knows how much of this is even true at this point. Yeah, you don't know what part of it is believed to be legitimate within their society or it's just superstition. Uh yeah. and like all all the shit uh with the rules and everything is is really cool because it's all like layers of like uh like layers of these like rules that could potentially ruin society but you don't know like how fuck society society already is because it's always just showing like the micro and it's like there's a lot of like interesting world building with this movie uh that they'll probably fuck up by making a sequel <laughs> and like <laughs> explain too much about but 
I like how like hazy it is uh in the in the, in the movie as it, as like a as it stands currently. It's yeah. like a new it's like a new kind of horror series potentially uh and it, and it probably is successful enough to get sequels so I will be curious to see like what they elaborate on. Uh but uh one of the things I like so much about the the special effects uh, the sound design when these like horrific things are happening is usually very subtle. Even when she's axing herself, it's very quiet. Most of the kills are very, very subdued and it makes it more creepy to me when it's not in your face. Like a lot of like American horror is when, when they have killings, you know, they're very like slasher esque. This is like typically very, very subdued and it's just kind of quiet and creepy. Yeah. It, the other thing I noted too was, I don't remember a whole lot of music. Like I remember. Oh yeah, you're right. It's very quiet when it comes to the score. Yeah, that's a good point. The music happens like when they're driving down a road, like 28 days later style or something. Like it doesn't yeah. really happen during the moment. So there's in American horror, we're used to a musical cue for what's about to happen or when we should start feeling tense. And in this this movie's very quiet. I think it, it also adds like a lot to the like uh, they're in the middle of fucking nowhere aspect to it. There's it also feels like, the it fact, feels more remote when it's so quiet. Yeah. There's also the fact that I may not have just heard I may not have heard it with what all was happening on screen. Dude, it it fucking grabs you. Uh one of the things I like most about the movie, uh, and I, I applaud them for it, is the movie is only 99 minutes long with credits. Yeah. Uh the the movie does not fucking let up because there's like there's no time to, because they have cut every little additional scene and minute that's like not necessary uh to moving the, the story along or like establishing a little bit of backstory with the characters the characters the main characters are also very vague as far as what you can believe or not uh i i like the little tidbit where there is uh with the main character uh pedro there is this kind of rumor around town that he wanted to kill himself and kill the kids and that's what led to like their divorce and the wife getting the, the custody and everything. And his brother is adamant about saying, no, that was just a rumor. That was just bullshit. Is it being true? His brother, uh, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I could think. Every time I saw him, I think it's the mustache. All I could oh, yeah. think the entire time is that this is Trevor from Grand Theft Auto, but speaking <laughs> Spanish. Bro, if you put Trevor from Grand Theft Auto in When Evil Lurks 2, oh, God. that is the movie... I would I would pay to see. <laughs> I, be, I, I'm I, I'm one of the few people that hates Trevor so much. Oh really? I I love Trevor. Yeah, uh, I can't it, stand Trevor. Yeah, I I get it though. I, I I totally get it. Um, yeah the the 99 minutes is appreciated because this movie, <laughs> I since I since I can't with this movie basically, there was a long 99 minutes for me. Uh, see, it's a long 99 minutes because I was just fucking flabbergasted at how dark this movie is this right. this movie makes hereditary feel like a teletubbies episode dude yeah I, it's i felt like heavy. i just needed to read a chapter in the bible and go hug my kids when this was <laughs> over like i just i well, well, i can't talk, so, i can't with the kids stuff the yeah let's talk about the first scene with the kids uh because it is fucking haunting uh and so generally i'm generally i'm okay with cannibalism but the way it's done in this movie Oh, it's so fucked up, dude. They're so ca it's because they're casual about it. I was just like, I can't. Like, no, I, I just I can't. There's so much in this movie I can't. 
It's so, it's so, they're so fucking, dude, when he, when the brother is driving and one of the most like shocking moments of the movie is where the main, you, you think there is going to be a third act of them trying to save the little boy. Yeah. No. That <laughs> fucking uncle just drives down the road and finds the mom. Dude, like, can you even explain like how nonchalantly she's just fucking eating the kid? And you're just like, good oh, is God, that what dude. she's doing? Because she I, has it, cut, it, she she has cut off the top of the kid's head and is eating oh, his see, brains. To me, to me, it looked like she had punched through it, and yeah. she was just just flinging it on the ground like the flower girl at a wedding is what no, I saw. She's she's eating it. Uh, uh, yeah, it, she's eating it, uh, and it's that's just worse. Like, <laughs> yeah. She's just walking down the fucking side of the road and the uncle drives past and sees it and just has to stop the car and like catch his breath just like the audience does because you're just like, good God, dude, I thought that was gonna be like a whole third act of the movie. And they're just like, nope. What? Uh, <laughs> that, that subplot's done. <laughs> what? Uh, what movie is it that is popping into my head with Someone on a bicycle and then getting hit and then popping up on all fours, but like backwards. You're probably thinking of In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, that's uh, it. Yeah. Yep. That's it. That It had uh, In the Mouth of Madness vibes to that scene for me with him driving past and then just like not noticing like the lady on the bicycle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's what he, it was reminding me of. Cause he freezes because he's trying to not... Uh, he Like he... he 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 can't like formulate a reaction to it because it's so shocking. How could you? And he's also and he's yeah exactly and he's uh and it's like similar to like the hereditary thing like when the brother accidentally kills Charlie you know he he's just sitting there frozen and he he can't he can't bring himself to turn around because like the truth is too terrifying he he just can't he just so you just freeze uh it's like good god dude it's so fucked up but let's let's talk about the one with the dog. Because this was probably the moment where you were just like, nope, I can't. I'm out. This is it's the too, moment when I was just it's like, too fucked I don't up. think this is for me. And this was the moment where I was just like, I'm so in on this because I don't know what the fuck's going to happen next. Uh, so after they have relocated uh, the Rotten, which is like like the uh, what, what's what's like the like patient zero type of thing where this, this is like what's going to be the center point of the outbreak. Which They've at this relocated. point, you still don't know how bullshit this is or not at this Ab point. Yeah, absolutely. You don't. Uh, so the main character, after having moved uh, the patient zero point of the outbreak, goes to collect his his kids and is also trying to get his ex-wife out of town. He's trying, trying to tell them all because uh, his ex-wife has remarried has had a, another child, and uh, is it two of the kids that are still Pedro's, I believe? Yeah, it's yes. just the, the two boys. Yeah, the, so, the daughter is uh, the other guy's kid. Yeah, yeah. The, he's, the going to get them all out of he, he's going to get them all out of town, you know, and they don't, they don't believe him because there's a lot. There's, it's mostly just superstition at this point. A lot of people believe in it, but a lot of people don't. And because he has brought the clothes, which have the scent... And this was one of the rules is you don't bring anything with you, including your clothes. So them bringing their clothes with them is a huge fuck up. Uh, their, their family dog goes over, sniffs his clothes and do the shots that they linger on the dog sitting next to the, the, the child for uh. so long. It makes your skin crawl, dude, because you know, what's going to happen. 
Yeah. You, you know what's going to happen. They've been constantly talking about how, like, the first things that change are the animals. They've already had the scene with the goat. And when the dog goes freaking nuclear and mauls this kid, and most of it happens off screen, but what they show you is fucking brutal, dude. Uh, it, it is a level of a movie just, like, pulling back, like, all, all the stops. It to, is, thankfully... You don't, you don't, you it don't is, see this in America ever. No. It's not possible for this to be filmed in America. Like this, this scene could not happen if it was filmed in America. It's it's too brutal. Yeah, it is thankfully the only place where the effects kind of don't hold up because it's clearly a doll being shucking around. Yeah, and like that is a relief for me, even though I know none of this is real. Yeah. Um, it yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to watch even even with you being able to like uh disassociate from the scene with like with looking at the CGI and everything the thought of it it d- does wonders as far as just like freaking you the <laughs> fuck out to where like you couldn't even like you couldn't because it's because it's with kids like it, it it was something that you just like couldn't get on board with because it's too it's like too real uh at times like with it. the this movie for me finds the line of how far I'm willing to go in a horror movie and takes like one step past it. One step too like far. If yeah. everything in this movie was dialed back one step behind the line, just one step, this movie would be right up there because the world building and the story and what is going on and the demonology and who the fuck are the cleaners with Eileen, the crow being the main cleaner in the movie. Right. Like just everything is right there. But it always has to take what's happening and just go one step too far for me, and then it would it would that would push me away from it. Like but I'm what's I'm in I'm I'm in the pocket for this movie, but I just can't get on board because it's just too much. Uh, and and that's what's so interesting is like the fact that it it goes so hardcore about it is what got it its reputation. Uh, so it's. It's like I totally I totally get like what you're saying and that that reaction is like it's going to be what happens with a lot of people because this is a movie that's going to like test the boundaries of like how much you can withstand what they will do in a horror movie because this is breaking tropes that are specifically like American movie tropes, you know? Like like what's one of the things that we don't do in in horror movies in most uh in most instances in America is we're not going to kill the kids and right. if we kill the kids it's going to happen fully off screen and not in horrific fashion because we just usually kind of dance around that you know that's that's not what we do uh and this movie is really like testing american audiences that check this out because some people are going to be on board for it i i ended up being so shocked by it that it was uh, the, it, it kept me on the edge of my seat so much that I wanted to see what would happen next so much and the, with the world building, like it, it all worked for me. But at the same time, it's so brutal and so just absolutely fucking relentless that I I, I can't argue with anyone having that ha- having that reaction because it's, it's it's so valid because it's it's fucking de- it's a devastating movie at times to watch. Yeah, and like I said, you know, like I'm in a weird place with it because. I said I'm in the pocket for this movie. You There's know so much me. of it you like. Yeah. yeah. But I I just can't with how far it goes. I just can't bring myself to be like, oh, that was lovely. That was a lovely scene. But everything, it's filming techniques and everything. This is a good movie. It's I really can, well I shot. I can tell yeah. just by looking at it. 
it's well composed it the scenes are well composed it's well shot the pacing is pretty good the horror is horrific um i just it's just one step too far for me every time you, you know what it is is it is 90 minutes of the third act of hereditary yeah. And like the the third act of Hereditary, its trick is that it it goes so hardcore that you don't know where where it's gonna go next, and it's like that for ninety minutes. Uh, but the thing is, like with Hereditary, is Hereditary is like giving you time to kind of like breathe. It's a lot more of like a slow burn with the character development, and the character development and the world building is a lot more uh, in the background of when evil lurks, and it's just like so focused on that third act hereditary kind of like shock value uh and i typically don't go for that type of shock value but i think a lot of these things that it's doing where it's it, it is setting up like what you think is going to be like a like an element to the movie like them saving the little boy and they just instantly pivot in a totally different direction that i find like really captivating um where See, and I wonder how much of that plays into you having kids. Well, that and yeah. just the fact that we are Americans watching true American-made movies. Because um, when it comes to movies and TV, uh, Americans are famously babies, as seen by the rest of the world. Um, yeah, the rest of the world thinks that our our so what we consider to be really kind of far out there media the rest of the world considers us to be babies about it um so i i wonder how this plays in other theaters around the world versus like us sitting here talking about just how shocking this movie is if it was shocking yeah, like, for anyone else you if know? it was like par for the course yeah or, you know other other yeah it'd, it'd be interesting yeah there's there's a lot of interesting elements to this that there's no like correct answer to because like what what the movie is like specifically setting out to do is to like challenge tropes and like challenge the boundaries of like what you're allowed to fucking show on on a movie because <laughs> when I'm watching this movie and I see the fucking mom walk down the side of the road eating her kids brains yeah and it all happens off screen in a very like heartbreaking way where like they never had a chance at saving this poor kid uh it's it's so bleak that uh, is a total turnoff to some people. They're not going to be able to even probably finish the movie because they're just like, I, I can't like it's, it's too, it's too much. Uh, and I, I think this is also going to like be very, very up to the, the levels to which people can be horror junkies because this was very, very highly touted in the, like the horror scene because those people, you know, that are, so ingrained in horror that have seen all the like you know even fucked up shit that i haven't seen they're gonna they, they want to like see this kind of shock value and i do think that it, it, it plays with the shock value well like it never feels cheap it just feels brutal which i yeah. think is i think is fine uh because it, it's not them trying to be you know like the like the famous thing that you and i always point to is like some of the moments of the walking dead that were very cheap it never does that. It's just intense, and it's incredibly intense when it has those moments. Yeah, the uh, I'm fine with a movie of the downer ending, but the bleakness of the movie as a whole, I think, is another thing that just kind of turned me off on it. Like, I'm fine with bleak, but this movie is so dark. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's very oppressive. Uh, it's it's very heavily inclined 
to present this like whole story as they were fucked from the get-go you know uh yeah. in large parts in large parts to like their own doing because they are actively breaking the rules sometimes but in their defense you don't know how much of it is bullshit or not like, i was gonna say or like, like with the like with the thing at the end uh like i i think the like the climax of the movie with them trying to like pull out the rotten so that the the island the crow lady you talked about um <laughs> So that Does she, she can not use this... feel like Eileen the Crow? Like, I'm oh, too old for this shit? Why are you... Yeah, ab uh, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you know, like, he's going to get the axe. Her, like, wh what's the difference? You know? She's, like, she's talking about how, like, we have to kill this thing with this specific thing and this specific... Like, all these, like, sub-clauses of a rule book that no one fucking knows about. Well, the problem is she knows the kids and are gonna get her, right? Yeah, but but what what I'm saying is like from his point of view is it's just like why do we well, what makes that different? Why is that the secret? You know, you don't know. Uh, it's it's like ha like wanting to like go on faith to an extent that he's not willing to go because like I can just use the fucking axe and just end this shit. You know, uh, and, and but it's what's a trap. The, what's and like and like yeah, it is a trap. But but it's like what's the difference as far as like what weapon we use? Does that really matter if it's if because it's still a fucking melee weapon it's not like well, he was I going to use a gun i don't think know? it has to do with the axe i think it's the fact that he left yeah is was her problem mm -hmm. uh at least the way that i read it. it it had less to do with the axe itself and more the fact that you can't trust anything that the kids say and this kid is telling about this axe that can help him out in the hall and the first thing that happens when he steps out is the door slammed shut and they wire the door shut and kill the lady with the hammer. Yeah. Because the demon is already inside his head. That's been established. Um, yeah, that's that's another part of it too, that it's hard to say like how much are they actually like under the, the control already of this shit because they're very they're very hazy on the details as far as how much possession is happening or not, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's obviously happening with it's obviously happening with many of the kids, but they're vague about how much it's influencing like adults if if you're not already as like a zombie you know like obviously the mom is under the control of the shit because she's pretty much a possessed zombie you know yeah but how much is like pedro being possessed into uh it's like, like a little bit of like uh like evil dead stuff as far as how much of the stupid and i actually kind of like like that because obviously stupid decisions have to be made by characters in a horror movie or you don't get the horror you know like they, they have to make dumb decisions so i think it's i think it is clever when you can build in at least like a little bit of like credibility to like yeah you made a dumb decision but you're also in an insane situation uh it, it's it's tough and and obviously he's not you know like a well-centered individual to begin with yeah so I, I i am sympathetic it's like i think like a, a like a probably would be like a common read of this movie is like people hating on pedro and like yeah like but he's in an impossible situation and he was already like a shithead you know yeah I, i'm not surprised that he doesn't save the fucking world <laughs> so it's like i i think there's some like takes on the ending of the movie that kind of would defeat the purpose uh because it is going after this whole situation as, as being they were fucked they were fucked from the get-go you know yeah, and one of my things, since you bring it up, one of my things about this movie that I do really like is it's not about saving the world. The dude's just trying to save his family. 
mm-hmm. and uh, he fails to do that. But it's not like he's in this to save the world. Nothing about his motivation is about saving the world. It's about saving his family because, because yeah. like. Uh, because like the like like we talked we talked about earlier because like the character is couldn't... nothing else. He's a family man, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the uh, the extent to which nobody gives a flying fuck about humanity at large is actually kind of cool, right? I, I I I really appreciate how everyone in the movie is kind of a shithead about that. Yes, because you know? the, there isn't that that kind of part of the movie where there is the kind of push and pull of like right versus wrong on like a macro level. And they're just like, fuck that dude. Uh, you know, I don't give a shit if two cities over has a fucking demon apocalypse. If my family's all right, I'm chill with it. Whatever. We'll circle back around to those problems later on. Uh, we'll get there I, eventually. I, yeah. We'll get there. eventually. That, that's the sequel hook. The dark city. <laughs> <laughs> when evil lurks the dark city uh yeah 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 uh th- this this movie uh be- it becomes almost like so so bleak to the point of it exceeds even some of its like inspirations where we're like think of how uh this essentially has the same ending as in the mouth of madness the yes. characters were fucked like the whole time the point of the movie is yeah, that no, they no the one, whole time. No one had a nuke to drop on Cthulhu in this. Yeah, no no one had a way to really save the day because they were just fucked from the get-go because they're out of their element. But think of how much more bleak this feels versus that movie. It's kind of impressive just how fucking dour they managed to make this ending in just 99 minutes of setup. Like, I, I think the movie is incredibly impressive for how, like, low-key it is about how uh it, it's both like over the top and subtle at the same time in a way i can't fully explain like you just have to watch it because it's fucking bonkers and if you watch it and can't finish it i wouldn't blame you <laughs> like it's fucking dour <laughs> it is like nothing else i've ever seen uh, it, it even exceeds the the kind of like shocking moments of like hereditary now hereditary is like 10 times better as a film than this but i do really appreciate like what they were going for with this uh because, like, like we talked about, like this shit can't be made in America. Like, more power to them for kind of like testing the waters on like what American audiences are even like willing to accept. As far as like that's not that like, <laughs> like you said like that shit's not okay. Yeah, it's and, not okay, and that's the point. Exactly. You know? Uh, and it's it's interesting. I, I think this movie will lead to a lot of interesting discussions over the years to come, and uh. If they elaborate further on this like setup, I'll be interested. Like if they, which they probably will, uh, I think they probably will make a sequel, and I will be very interested to see how much they elaborate on the world building, how much they leave mysterious versus what they explain. I think if they explain stuff in like a kind of Lovecraftian way, where it can kind of spiral out to include like more elements of its own mythos, it can be really cool. Spiral out, Uzumaki. Uh, like. (laughs) <laughs> there's some that you say that there's some junji ito to this oh with, yeah like with the body horror especially with the rotten like he looks like a junji ito character dude oh yeah absolutely yeah, he absolutely does um yeah uh i, I hope they don't I fuck it a, up i had a problem with the way that they kind of paint 
autistic children or spe- children on the spectrum, as we say now. Also, well, I, didn't, well, I didn't care for that. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think that is a very, very delicate tightrope type to walk uh, because I kind of like understand what they were going for as far as far as how would uh, like demonic possession come into play with that, which is, is you know, like, well, that's potentially kind of interesting. Well, like historically, yeah. there's a lot of real life demonic possession stories that the child was probably just on the spectrum, right? Yeah. Um. So there's a lot of bad, bad stuff there. Um, yeah. I I would not have included that. Uh, yeah. That. But that. But that. That, that, that is me. also. That is also our our, um, our country's kind of like, probably more strict viewpoints on that. You know, uh, just as far as like what they're, they're kind of because I I I don't have that kind of like cultural background as far as like. Maybe they're a little bit more. Well, this movie is also really rooted in superstition, so I understand why they were including it. I think the thing that just kind of made it like this took away from the movie for me is when she ended up being right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, in a in a weird way, that kind of. That that kind of drove home the point of like I don't I don't really I don't really care for that. But much. it was it, it also wasn't just the fact that he was autistic that she was pointing out. It was specifically if you like because she points out like when she makes the the uncle like you know believer it's when his like his hands are turning blue you know like they're she's pointing out like other symptoms. It's not just that he's autistic. So like yeah, there's a little bit more. But there's the thing that like when he's upset and stuff that like he bites himself. And then, like, yeah. you add in the cannibalism part later, and it's like true. I, I... <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. Uh, that it, part's a little yeah, icky to me. It, it is. It is. Uh, and and also just might be similar to what we were talking about earlier with like like the child deaths and everything. We typically, as Americans, approach the subject by not approaching the subject. We just completely, you know, divert away from it. They might be a little bit more. Uh, relaxed about that than we are which you know i, I can't say that yeah just, but yeah I, I i i agree there there are some moments like that that can make people probably a little bit squeamish about it just, it doesn't uh, help that i was kind of already like oh this movie is one step over the line for me to begin with and yeah. then yeah so that probably hit me a little bit a little bit harder than it, it probably would have otherwise but true yeah um yeah, like like I said, this is a movie that is firmly in the. It to me, it was it's a good example of, like, the movie is just straight up not for me. Like I said, I can tell by looking at it that it is a good movie. It's well written. It's well made. The effects are good. The acting is good. The lighting, like I said, the composition in it. When there is music, the music, the sound design, like everything about this movie is good. I can tell by looking at it. I'm looking at a good movie. It's just not for me. You know, it, yeah, it, it's just it's just pushing subjects that are, you know, subject- yeah, and that's that's totally fine. Not, it's yeah. it's going deeper than I'm comfortable with, but yeah. And then, how do you feel about the end of this movie when the last Airbender pulls himself out of the dude? Uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit over the top. Um, I actually think uh the acting of the kid uh sells it pretty well. Why because, does he like- look so much like Ong from the last Airbender movie? <laughs> Well, he looks uh, just like the kid in the face. The the kid has some like fucking shit eating grins to him though. Like with the way he looks at Pedro, 
when he does the like where he does the streaks of blood over his forehead is really like bone chilly. I think Dude, the, kid the is fact pretty that good. he couldn't wash that off, that it's he's, really good. He's like marked. It's really good. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. It, it, there's there's little bits like that uh, in the movie that are genuinely cool. It's just uh, it is giving zero fucks as far as like how deep it's willing to reach with its its bleakness, and it's not gonna be for everybody. I do want to say though, uh, like you said, like from the film from the filmmaking perspective, so like the subject matter that he wrote is going to rub people the wrong way. But I do think just as a director, uh, this guy, like the movie visually is, pre- is presented really well. I do think because of this movie's success, he's going to get an opportunity to probably direct something in Hollywood. Uh, oh, yeah. Upcoming. Uh, and I, I think if if you can like divorce him from how dour he is as a writer, as a director, the dude is insanely good. So I, I'm curious to see what his career like has ahead of him as far as as a director where you're not touching these like very very dark subjects or um the way that you could with like a movie like hereditary where there is something or like in sinister where there is something about there's almost an art form to taking that kind of dour thing and molding it for an american audience where we don't do that and no no studios gonna let you make that but getting to make it anyway because the way that you angle around things or the way that you allude to things yeah you know what i mean like sinister uh-huh. is another one that was one step over the line for me that i was just kind of like eh. uh but it it handled a lot of the same kind of subjects of what's happening but it handled it in a way where it was almost worse <laughs> Because they didn't show the thing or they alluded to it in a way or they showed you just enough of a thing that then in a Lovecraftian way, your mind just kind of takes it and runs with it from there because they can't mm-hmm. show the extra step. It's almost worse in a way. Uh, like we're... So uh, in this, the little girl that gets mauled by the dog, you never see her and that lets your imagination play and you don't want it to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just uh and you're just like oh jesus christ uh it's yeah it's, it's brutal but uh I'm, I'm curious to see i also thought specifically the acting as a whole i thought was pretty good i thought the guy playing pedro was very good uh i i was really impressed with his performance I, because i liked all the acting in this yeah uh, i i did too i did too he was he was one that stood out for me um, I would go through their names, but I would just butcher all their names. <laughs> so I will just direct everyone to the IMDb page because they are all really, really good. Yeah, like I said, I'm just going to let you handle all the casting talk because <laughs> uh, not me. Uh, yeah, I, I am an uncultured American and I have no idea how to pronounce half of these. Yeah. No and, and disrespect if, to anyone involved. I just and we also don't want to be like you ever see like the dude on like the the six o'clock news who unnecessarily like pulls out uh like a Spanish like oh, accent man. to everything no. you're just like don't do that dude don't you're making it, you're, you're making me uncomfortable don't do that don't do that I hate it when people do that it drives me crazy oh. uh yeah uh were there any other moments with the movie that we, I feel like this is a movie that if it's in like your wheelhouse at all, you just have to watch uh, because nobody is going to 
react to this the same way because of how much it's pushing the limits on stuff you know it, yeah. it is a it's something that can't be explained you just have to kind of watch it if you want to at all and feel uh just kind of like be able to to feel as a viewer like what's going to work for you and and what's not and what totally works for someone else and like with me is like how insane it was was something that you were just like i can't do this this was something that was a draw for me because i just wanted to see what the fuck would happen next yeah uh very much like the like the first time i saw the ending of hereditary that last 30 minutes fucking ramps up so much you're just like i don't know where the fuck they're gonna go with this <laughs> and i love that feeling I, I sat down to watch this tonight i was home alone I wouldn't turn all, out all the lights in the apartment and started up the movie. And when you're in and for immediately a ride turned like the lights this, back on. <laughs> got my blankie and, was, yeah, and held know, it like, oh so tight. Uh, uh, got my Bible, got my cross, uh, uh, got some holy water, you know, just gotta make sure. But I love that, that feeling where you don't know what the fuck you're in for. Uh, yeah. and this, if, if you like that feeling as like a horror junkie, uh, that's what made this hit so much for horror fans uh it's because you don't know what you're in for uh also i think what helps it is like pretty much none of us have seen like a trailer for it yeah so when you don't even when you don't even know like what like the visual language of the movie is you know you don't know you haven't seen a poster you haven't seen a trailer you don't know you, you don't you don't have like any frame of reference going in i think helps a lot too uh as far as like just adding to the terror of it where you're, you you don't know what you're in for i am kind of curious that. what a trailer for this looks like i was thinking that same thing earlier uh tonight uh, actually i'm gonna go check out some of the trailers because i will be curious to see how how subtle they are about like spoiling stuff or if it's just uh, a lot and... of people sitting around contemplatively and like occasionally screaming to the sky. Like I, I can see, I could see a trailer for this movie that does not sell it at all because they don't want to show anything. So it's just people sitting in a car. <laughs> like you know, it'd be a you know, it'd be like a really fucking good cold open if I was like designing the trailer for this. Uh, would be like the close up of the ice cream with like the necklace. That that shot is so fucking disturbing and out of context you just be like what the fuck am i even looking at uh and then when yeah. you watch that scene like uh don't know if i really uh, appreciate ice cream again like tell you that uh, much i imagine watching this movie i imagine all the stuff with ruiz and the axe and the gun and the goat was all for the trailer i imagine the trailer is mostly those scenes yeah i i think the lady with the axe is also the typical placeholder image i think if you actually pull it up yeah on, most of the posters are her with the axe aimed at herself aimed at herself it's, which is a great fucking image it, it's uh, a striking your, silhouette <laughs> yeah right <laughs> uh, yeah it um yeah. i imagine that all that stuff uh at the beginning of the movie you kind of forget happened. It doesn't hurt the pacing or anything because it still sets up the brothers pretty well, but you yeah. don't know where they're going with it at first. I imagine that is all fodder for the trailer so that they can mm -hmm. just hide everything else yep. uh, behind it is what I would imagine, but I don't know as I haven't seen a trailer for it. Yeah, I'll definitely be checking it out tonight because I was uh, coincidentally thinking the exact same thing as, as uh, just being curious about what all they, they show. Because what could it be? Right, like surely they don't open up with Ong, like surely. <laughs> Could you imagine, dude? When the dude's head just pops up and he's like, "Hey Pedro," like he's like fucking Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, how you doing? Like, I don't, 
I was like, what the fuck is happening? I, I could also see uh, Beetlejuice just being in the same shared cinematic universe as right? Evil Lurks. <laughs> and he and he's just kind of like the chill, like crazy uncle figure, uh, who's like their their town's like fuck. Aurora just walked in out of context to our conversation is very bamboozled as far as like what we're talking about Beetlejuice. It was very funny because <laughs> she just looked at me with like the most like confused look on her face. And uh yeah. I, I, uh, I can't <laughs> see her being a Beetlejuice fan. <laughs> uh yeah. Is that the squeak I heard in the background? Yeah, she she had walked into the door. I was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? I literally whipped my head to the door in the rooms. I thought someone was walking into the rooms. It sounded like a door opening. Yeah, the movie kind of got you on your toes tonight. Yeah, a little kinda, bit. Looking like, looking look by your shoulder. The first time I saw Hereditary, I, I, I can tell you, I was looking at the fucking corners of my bedroom that night. <laughs> I was looking for shit. I, I cannot handle... Uh, there is a... Uh, I can't think of what it is. There's a song that's like... Got a bunch of tongue clacking in it in the background. And never again. That tongue never clack, again. I cannot, after Hereditary, that tongue clack is not a sound I can handle. Yes, yeah. that when I, uh, yeah. next time I hear that song, uh, I will I will tell you what it was, what song it is. <laughs> I hear it every once in a while. I just, I um, cannot think about it. I cannot think of what it is right now. It's funny how something so simple like that can be, perpetually changed oh in, in, a, in a second yeah just for forever and it only takes a second uh, next time i watch like a movie that. from argentina with a child and a dog i'm gonna just sit and watch the, out man ripping the edges of my chair yeah yeah i also think how we had another black philip that's pretty cool <laughs> right i was like well that's ironic <laughs> oh man what a what a fucking movie dude uh yeah, what a movie indeed. Yeah, what, what a movie. I probably won't be able to sleep the best tonight. No. Uh, and uh or at all. Yeah, just 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 bravo, dude. Like when you can when you can have that effect on me, <laughs> you fucking did something. So like bravo, man. Bravo. Yeah. Uh, like I said I just need bravo. to hug my children now before before <laughs> I call it a night. Right. That was like uh after uh, the very first time I saw the first John Wick, I just wanted to go home and give my dog a hug. Right. You know, it's just something like that. You know, a little happen. Uh, Ron uh, is about to say what our next film coverage is going to be. Uh, will he pick When Evil Lurks as back-to-back -back coverage? Because he just can't <laughs> wait to watch it again. Uh, you'll well, find I out do soon. have it for the next 48 hours. So You do. This is going to be playing on a loop, just like a happy background movie. You know, just it's a family road trip, lots of ice cream, you know, lots of family bonding. What do you think apple ice cream uh, tastes like? Uh is that do you think they're talking about gelato, but they don't think Americans will know what gelato is? So. Yeah, yeah, apple ice cream is very specific. So I wonder if that is like just like a mistranslation. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. And I well, this is what Americans are talking about. They barely know what an apple is. Let's just put down apple ice cream <laughs> in the subtitle. Uh right. Apple uh, away I, I keeps the bloater away. Before Ron explains uh, what we're we'll covering next, though, I will do our sign-offs. Uh, if you did enjoy the show, please uh, like and subscribe on YouTube if you found us there. Uh, subscribing on whichever platform for podcasts you've caught us on also helps out a ton. Uh, any ratings or reviews is also a huge help. Um, if you have a question that you would like to discuss by Ron and myself, you can always email us, screenplayrewind at gmail.com. Send us in stuff there to talk about. Screenplayrewind uh, at gmail.com. Indeed, indeed. And uh, just real quick, uh, I wanted to uh, give Ron a chance to plug. Uh, you're actually doing some YouTubes again. 
but I am. Yeah, uh, I'm just Ron Sense TV on all the things, Twitch, YouTube, and uh, and Twitter. Uh, I've been trying to stream some Dark Souls whenever I get the chance. I'm Hell not yeah. I'm not streaming regularly right now, but uh, and then I've been loading uploading some uh, Hades every Sunday and Subnautica whenever I get the chance at the moment. I think I'm doing nice, Spider Man nice. Two next. What's your Subnautica. Subnautica like with mods? Are you having like a bunch of like mods? Yeah, I'm uh, running a bunch of mods, uh, gameplay improvements type things. Um, nice quality of life stuff. There is a major mod I thought about doing later that is basically DLC. Um, Isn't that nuts? Some of that that fucking dude, like fan mod stuff is as rambunctious as like a full blown fucking like studio like DLC. Yeah, it just completely changes the game. Um, the fact that we can get there and that the the unknown worlds behind the the game they're just kind of like okay, <laughs> like sure, <laughs> like we didn't have to do it, so, whatever. Yeah. So did you hear that? Uh, Sony finally called up the uh, Bloodborne cart dude and was like, "You can't call it Bloodborne cart, man." Did they really know? Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they did. They so uh, fortunately, the dude that was creating it uh, said that that was expected all along, it's and they the will witch, now, isn't it? They will now be able to uh, still release it. They just have to kind of revamp it slightly to kind of like to you know barely change it enough to where it kind of falls under parody law. So they'll they'll still be able to release it. Fortunately, did, did you it's see? It's not going to be called Bloodborne Card. Did you see the trailer for Lady Maria? It's so good, dude. Where the clock tower is like her cart. It's like, it's like one of those genius, giant dude. big wheels from Star Wars. It's fucking amazing, it's man. It's so good. It. Yeah, that blew my mind, dude. I was not expecting them to have like that level of detail to their carts, dude. I was and like, it, Jesus. It had the uh, the reference to uh, Smash Brothers with Lady Maria's Join the Race. Yeah. Oh. So good. So good. That has me more excited than any actual FromSoft thing that's happened since like the actual Bloodborne release. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, Ron, what are we covering next time? Next time, Jeff, I would like to cover a movie that is not exactly uplifting either. Um, it will be you, compared to this. I, I think <laughs> I think this may be the first time we have covered something based on a true story. Uh, Memories of Murder. We did. True, 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 true. Okay, Although we so. didn't pick that. That was picked for us. So you have like a also gray true. area in there. Yeah. So obviously I'm right. Um <laughs> obviously <laughs> fuck you, Jeff. <laughs> have you have you ever watched Everest? I have not seen Everest. Okay, so Everest is about a thing that actually ha actually happened. A bunch of climbers climbing Everest for whatever reason were hit by a snowstorm. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to leave it there. Uh, not a lot of fun things happen after that. Uh, this movie is a uh, pretty pretty good. I was trying to look. I was not seeing it. Uh, yeah, here it is on the poster. I don't know why it's not showing him on IMDb, but uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Sam Worthington, Kira Knightley, uh, nice. Emily Watson, Robin Wright, John Hawks, Josh Brolin, J Jason Clark. Yeah, good cast. I, I remember you told me about the cast, and I was like, Jesus Christ, I didn't realize because the movie kind of went like under the radar, but it has like a killer cast. Yeah, yeah, nicely yeah. done. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a really good movie that is not exactly uplifting. I'll be I will the say. judge of that. <laughs> Came out. I like how 
like how uh, Everest is the uplifting change of pace. Yeah. To, uh, <laughs> so at what point are they trying to relocate the uh, the frozen rotten? Uh, is that is that third act, second well, act? What are, we, what are we talking here? See what they what ends up happening is they find something frozen in the ice that they just refer to as Iceman the whole movie. Turns out it's okay. Megatron. Oh shit! I also just got the unfortunate mental image of someone finding the the rotten the thing. from this. <laughs> And then just uh, slapping him on a couple of skis to relocate him <laughs> just like down the mountain. <laughs> they put him on a sled to haul him and then... You see, that was the problem. It's like, if you don't have to put him on the back of a truck and you can just put him on like a fucking set of skis and just roll his ass down the hill, problem solved. That fucker's going to roll for like three uh -huh. hours, dude. Like, we're chilling. They put him on a sled to move him and then they accidentally lose him. And as he's going down the hill, uh, fucking yakety <laughs> sack starts as they're chasing him, trying to get him. They're like snowmobiles, and it's just like a fucking. It's like that fucking Inception action sequence <laughs> with Tim chasing down the the rotten dude. Bam 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 bam. Call us Argentina. <laughs> we got a sequel idea. <laughs> oh man. Oh goodness, I would pay to watch that movie now. But oh, yeah, this goodness. is also 2015. Seems to be an era where Stan Worthington can get his name above Jake Gyllenhaal's on a poster. Did he? Did he really? Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal's the last name on this poster. Sam oh, I guess that kind of made. So was it like a with Jake Gyllenhaal type of thing, like they do with like and, Samuel and Jake Gyllenhaal? Okay, okay. So yeah, they they will sometimes do that to like still give them like like what they do with like Samuel L. Jackson, like in all the Marvel shit, where he's like you know, like with Samuel L. Jackson or whatever. Yeah. It is, you know, like as like a feature spot at the end, but. That's J crazy. Jason Clark Sam is top billing. Because, like, Sam Worthington was fucking everywhere for about three years and then just disappeared. I, he was in... What's the Andrew Garfield movie where he's, like, the... Um, the Oh. Where he's... Uh, is it, like, Vietnam? I forget which war it was. I, uh, it was Hacksaw Ridge, right? Yeah, yeah. Sam Worthington is good in that. That's the last time I've seen him. I uh, forgot he's he in that. Yeah, he's like he's like his like uh, corporal like uh, dude is like in charge of his platoon or something. I thought I that forget, was Vince like, Vaughn. I think Sam Worthington is also one of the ranks above Andrew Garfield. He's just not like the captain level dude. Uh, I, I forget though. I haven't seen it in a few years, but that's that, that's other that's than a that. Good movie. I that's a very good movie. I love the movie. I haven't seen Sam Worthington in anything else other than that uh, in the past like ten it. years though. I'm looking at it right now. He is in it. He's good in it. Uh, he, captain Glover. Oh, so he's a captain. I just immediately called out the rank in which he was uh, by saying he wasn't. So good job, me. But See, all, I can, all I can ever think of when I think of that movie is uh, Andrew Garfield and Mel Gibson, because Mel Gibson directed it. It was kind yep. of it's kind yep. of his big uh, big comeback. It's uh, World War Two, the Battle of Okinawa. That's right. I could I I knew it was like a period piece. I just couldn't remember which war it was based around. It was really, uh, it took me out of the movie at the beginning to see Vince Vaughn, but he's actually really good in it too. Yeah, uh, Vince Vaughn, uh, he was also, he was uh, not in your typical casting role uh, for the second season of True Detective that Vince Vaughn was in. He was also he's good He's a pretty in that. good so dramatic like, actor. Yeah, he can be pretty good uh, given like the role. Uh, it's just... He was Vince Vaughn, the sarcastic asshole, comedic relief in, you know, so many movies. That's what you associate him with. But he's good when he's in a dramatic role. Yeah, there's a uh, movie that I'm desperately trying to look up before I finish this sentence. But IMDb <laughs> is not cooperating. Uh, the Seeds of Jadotville. Have you ever seen that? I have not. So it's a Netflix movie, which means I can't watch it because I don't have Netflix. But... Uh, <laughs> 
It's uh, it's really good. It's uh, Irish Commandant Pant Quinlan leads a standoff with troops against the French and Belgian mercenaries in the Congo in the early 1960s. Uh, Jason nice. O'Mara is really good in that movie. He's uh, the Vince Vaughn role that Vince Vaughn has in Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, Jason mm-hmm. O'Mara now probably most famous for being the voice of Batman re- most recently. Um, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is where I mainly know him from. But mm-hmm. that movie has Jamie Dornan and Mark Strong and I never know how to say his name. Michael McElhatton? Uh, you'd know Not him sure. as soon as you saw him. He's uh, he's Roos Bolton, I think, in Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, 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 that dude. Yeah, yeah. see, I knew you'd know him instantly. Um, yeah, I know Roos Bolton, just didn't know his name. But yeah, Jason uh, Jason O'Mara is that same kind of role in that movie, and yeah, he's he's really good. Because nice. uh, he's he's the voice of Batman in a lot of the recent stuff, like I said, in like Apocalypse War and. Um, he's, I like his Batman. I think he's a good Batman. Stuff. Yeah, he's a good Batman. I yeah. he's uh, I believe he's Batman in uh, just Justice League Dark when everything supernatural happens. He just uh. <laughs> like his, Batman doesn't know how to process the supernatural. He's got, he's got some like like Henry Cavill like Witcher going on. Yeah, with his just like God damn it, this shit again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's that same yeah, kind of really role. Good. So yeah, um, I have lost the movie. The Siege of Jadotville is. If you're looking for a good war movie, um, I'm a sucker for a good war movie, man. Uh, th- there was just a uh, a new show that dropped on. I think it's Apple, but it's from the uh, the Band of Brothers and the Pacific People, and pretty excited. I've about never that. seen either it, of them. I am g- probably gonna like fudge the rules of this podcast just to make you watch like the 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 uh, first season. I mean, it's, it's, it was like an anthology. Like they're from the same studio but you know it's not like a sequel series but like uh their season of band of brothers is really fucking good and it has a very very good cast of people that were like character actors back then that would that would then go on later on uh to get uh bigger you know yeah kind of yeah it's like a like a like the losers remember like the losers you couldn't afford to fucking pay them now but back then they were yeah. just character actors. It's kind of like that. If you're like me and Jeff and want a sequel to the losers, it's never happening because no studio can afford those people. I mean, dude, fucking Bezos can't afford to fund uh, <laughs> that payroll, dude. Um, it's crazy. And Idris Elba alone at this point. Yeah. Um, Chris Evans. Chris Evans is in the, some yeah. of the biggest movies of all time now. You're like, how oh, much does yeah. fucking Chris Evans make on a movie now just because he's fucking Captain America, man? I couldn't even count all the money. Um, right. well, it's like it's like more than I make in a year, dude. It's crazy. Uh-huh. So I'm looking at just watch for where to find Everest, and it's available in all the the typical places for rent. If you have Peacock, it's there. Um, if you don't, Amazon, Apple TV, Microsoft, evidently. Um, Microsoft, the, Microsoft, fuck? apparently. Uh, but <laughs> there's a section. On- on just watch where it's like where does it rank today and it shows you one two three four five movies with the movie you're looking at in the middle everest is ranked 2394 (laughs) on just watch with rising popularity it is just above the tom and jerry like live action movie apparently i like how because one person pulled up the web page it was rising (laughs) popularity so they're they're firing on all cylinders. <laughs> it is two notches below the Hulk. 
apparently. Which which uh, Hulk are we talking? I always get him mixed up. I think it might be Eric Bana, but it might be the other guy. I think Eric Bana's was just Hulk. Yeah, that's what it is, Hulk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I always yeah. get Eric Bana mixed up with the other dude. I can never remember his name either. Edward Norton? From no, the... no, not Edward Norton's the one from the MCU Hulk that's not in the MCU, but kind of is, but is not. <laughs> That Disney finally put. Goddamn these timelines. (laughs) That Disney finally put on Disney Plus so you can actually watch that movie and actually appreciate it for uh, Shut Up, all you Hulk fans. It's a good movie. Um, Yeah, the movie's fine. I liked it. I liked it. uh, Yeah, I liked it. I liked the other one too, but it's not nearly as good as the Edward Norton one. No, uh, Eric Bana always reminds me of. Is it Clive Owen? I always get. There's two dudes I always get mixed up. I have no idea. I think it's Clive Owen. Because they do similar movies a lot. Anyway. Hmm. I feel like it might be somebody else. <laughs> but I, I, I'm i not prepared to enter the realm of Ron's brain. Good night. I think you might be fucking wrong. You know, I'll tiptoe around it. I don't know. You know me. I always like to take two actors and mix them up with a third one. So, yeah, yeah. Is that it's actually just Tom Cruise? You know, he's just like just totally Who's the guy, who's the guy from Shoot 'Em Up? Shoot 'Em Up is Clive Owen, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's who I'm thinking. So of. you got you got Shoot 'Em Up, Clive Owen mixed up with Eric Bana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's I, I, I they look, mixed they the two no- of them up. They look nothing alike to me. That's so funny. They're both they're both long and gangly. <laughs> that's that's my big problem. I thought Eric Bana was like, I don't know. But this 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 conversation's stupid. It's going on way too long. <laughs> Dude, this is episode 90. This is the 90th stupid this conversation. This is 90. Damn. Yeah, we're going to hit 100 this year. That's 2024 is a big year for Screenplay Rewind. 100 episodes of this show is a more terrifying thought than anything that happens in When Evil Lurks. We're going to start uh, thinking about what we want to do for a 100th episode. Are we doing a commentary? Are we just doing a regular episode of the podcast? Are we doing a yeah, good episode of the podcast? That's not possible. Like, you know. We do, oh, we're doing show? a live episode of the podcast? Who knows? I don't know. The Will sky is the out? limit. It's just yeah, it's, not a very high sky. Uh, we're not going to get anywhere near there, but that is the limit. <laughs> uh, I How high I can jump is the limit, in fact. Indeed, indeed. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we're going to go <laughs> argue... We're going to go argue some more about Eric Bana. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, have a good night, everybody. Uh, you know, try not to relocate anything that might be potentially <laughs> patient zeros and starting demonic apocalypses. Make yeah, sure to you mind do. your seven rules. Yeah, mind all the rules. Make sure you sing the songs so you remember them. And, you know, the last rule is remember all the rules, just like they say in the movie. Best scene and, yeah, in the movie is a little sing-songy for me. Oh, yeah? yeah. Nothing, huh? I see that. Yeah. I'm too tired, man. Why do we record these on Friday nights? I've had like a whole like work week. I'm just like, man, I just want to go to bed. Why do we always finish these at midnight when it takes me like three hours to put it together for the next day? (laughs) We should start recording these. We should start recording these earlier in the week. We really should. uh, Yeah, we really should. I'm gonna gonna write that down. Prepare. Okay, done. Prepare. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good night, everybody. It actually went pretty short considering we had like a 45 minute recap 
of like eight other movies. Yeah, I feel bad. I feel, I, I feel like I had nothing to contribute this time. I feel bad for it. I feel like you just talked the entire time. No, no, it's like we, we fortunately we had a 45 minute green room that was part of the show too. <laughs> yeah, we're we're done.